Welcome everyone. Let's begin with today's service with the word of prayer. With that, if you could just bow your eyes with me. Bow your head and close your eyes with me. As we are on Christmas Day here, the power is out. But at the end, no matter what, uh, the light shines in the darkness. And we are here to worship Him. So with that, with the truth of God, let's just go ahead and recap what happened on this Christmas Day. Symbolizing the light, Jesus Christ, Matthew 2 tells us, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. There are two types of people, one who pretend to worship God and those who truly and genuinely worship Him. Even when the power is out, even when there is rain, even when the roads are closed, we come to worship Him because Christmas is not about us. It's about God. It's about Him. And we understand the scripture that Herod, he did not want to worship Him. He wanted to actually kill Jesus. That's why he said, go and find out, report to me. He was a false worshiper, not a true worshiper. So the question is, are you a true worshiper? Are you here to worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords? So again, he said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find them, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Verse 10, 11, and 12 is key. It says, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They were complete opposite of Herod. These were true worshipers. And when they came to the house, they saw the child, Jesus, with Mary. And what did they do? They bowed and worshipped him. And that's what we are here to do today. We're here to bow down and worship our Lord Jesus Christ on this very day. And then they opened their treasures. 
They presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They came with gifts. They came with sacrifices. Are you here as a sacrifice before God? To sacrifice to him, to obey him, and to worship him? Are we here just pretending to do another checklist? Christmas, that's the time to go to church. But are we truly here to worship him? Can we just take a moment right now to reflect in our heart why we are here today? Why are you here today, Deep Roots Church? For those who are listening, why are we here today? We're here to worship him, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Let us take a moment to reflect and to pray in the quietness of our voices. Let us reflect, reflect upon this passage, Matthew 2, and pray to him. Let's just give him our hearts. Let's give him our offering. Let's give him our sacrifice and give him our worship. Let's just pray together. Holy Father, I come before you, God, right now. I come before you, Lord, to surrender myself to you. I give you all of me. I give you all of my heart. God, my life belongs to you. It is all yours, oh God. There's none like you. Oh God, we're here to worship you. We're here to see the King. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. Lord, we love you. We worship you. Praise you here today. To worship you today. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Oh, we surrender to you, God. God, here I am as a true worshiper to worship your spirit and truth. I need you, God, right now. And as we're in this dark room uh, with the limited lights that we have with the candles, and these artificial lights that we have. With that, let us remember that this was the world, especially before Jesus Christ came, before he was born as an infant and lived this life and gave the hope to all of humanity. It was a dark place, dark world, even for us, for me, individual, as an individual, take a look back in your own life. My life was once full of darkness, before Christ came into your life, before Christ came into my life, I was once lost and lost in the darkness and could not navigate in the darkness. But let us remember that Jesus Christ is the light and he comes and he shines. He shines in this darkness and the darkness has now overcome it. It says in John 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that, was, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has now overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, 
to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace, in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God, and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for these scriptures and the word and for reminding us, God, that you are the light that shines in the darkness. Uh, what a fitting it is worshiping you here in this dark room, in this dark sanctuary with these limited lights. God, you are the light and not all will see, not, not all will find. But for those who seek and search as the Magi's did, we will find and we will find the Messiah. And God, you are here with us right now in the mist, in this dark place. In this dark world, God, you are shining and your light will never fade away. No darkness will ever snuff out the light. God, your light will always shine within our hearts, oh God. So God, we give our hearts back to you. We return to the one, our creator, our father, our Lord, our king. We proclaim today with our voices and with our hearts, with all of our mind, soul, and strength, God, we proclaim today that God, that you are king and that God, you are my Lord. We worship you here today with genuine hearts. We are here because God, I am a true worshiper to worship you in spirit and in truth. So God, I pray as you transition now with the praise and later with the message, guide us, strengthen us, and Lord, let your name be glorified in your name alone. We thank you, we love you. Pray all these things in your precious son, Jesus Christ, and I pray, God's people pray, amen, amen. and amen. Okay, since you guys are kind of far, Tony, can you just come a little bit up? Can you come sit next to you or something? Or oh, oh, Tony, don't sit down. You sit down, the power's gonna go back. When you got out, the power can't. I'm just kidding. Okay, let's uh, let's set up the system so we could do it legit. Welcome everyone. Uh, Merry Christmas. Can we turn to our neighbor and say Merry Christmas? Uh, the timing was amazing actually. Right when we finished uh, praising and then we prayed and then uh, Antonia got up to do something and then the light turned on. <laughs> now she's sitting down again so the light will turn off. No. Antonia, I think you have to stand the whole time. No, what? Okay, never mind. Okay, it's okay. Be patient. It's Christmas Day. 
Okay, so let's get into today's message. Uh, there is actually no title for today's message other than Christmas Day service. So it's Christmas Day. We're here on a Friday, early in the morning, to worship God together and to hear the Word of God. I'm very excited to be here. I'm very excited for all of you to be here, especially with the Christian family together, the church family coming together and to worship God together on this very special day. What a year it has been, especially with everything that has been happening. And I'm excited to be finishing up this year with all of you and to enter the new year together. And with that, uh, let's begin with our passage, which is found in Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. And I'm going to read from verse 3 to verse 8. Titus chapter 3, verse 3 to 8. And the author is Paul. It says in this letter, Paul says, At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things, so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent, and profitable for everyone. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, everyone? So when Christ came into the picture, everything changed. With that, I only have two points, starting with point number one. You are saved. Can you claim it with your voice? I am saved. Can we turn to your neighbor and say, you are saved? Say, you are free in Christ. So we have to praise God today because I am saved. I am set free. I have been set free and I am no longer enslaved by what it says here in the beginning. When I was foolish, when I was disobedient, when I was deceived, enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. And the reality is for those who accept Jesus Christ, we are no longer bound by our past. We are no longer bound by our sins. We are set free from our bondages. Christ came to set the captives free. And I was once that captive. I was enslaved back in the day before I met Christ. But now I have been set free. Why? So that we can live in freedom for him. But again, the important lesson here, important thing for us to remember is, the key thing is, the freedom doesn't mean we get to do whatever we want. But in freedom, we choose to do the right things. We choose him. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 23, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is edifying. So in freedom, we must choose to worship our Father in heaven. Take a look at verse 3 to 7 in Titus 3. At one time, we too were foolish, all of us, disobedient, Deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, 
being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, when Jesus Christ appeared, He what? He saved us. Not because of righteous things that you had done, Yun, but because of His mercy. He saved us. He saved you, Daniel, through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. It is not from us. It says in verse 6, Whom? He poured out on us generously through who? Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. At one point, I was hopelessly lost. You too were lost. All of us were lost at one point. However, no matter what, now that we have met Savior, the Messiah, and if you with humility pursue after him today, on this joyous day, on this Christmas day, then he will draw near to you. The promise is that he will never leave you nor forsake you. It says in Hebrews 13, 5, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He says in Deuteronomy chapter 31, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Meaning be strong and courageous. The Lord himself, verse 8, will go before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. It says in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 20, David also said to Solomon his son, Be strong and courageous and do the work. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. Isaiah 41, verse 17. Ready? One, two, three, go. The poor and needy search for water. Matthew 5, 3. Ready? 1, 2, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. You will not reject a broken and a repentant heart, O God. That's what it says. And last scripture here. James 4, 6. Can we read that together? But, 1, 2, 3. But, he gives us more grace. That is why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Amen. So going back to verse 4 and 5. In Titus 3, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things that we had done, but because of His mercy. So point A, His kindness. So point B, his love. C, his mercy. Not by what I did. Verse 5 to 7, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. D, through the Holy Spirit, through the washing and renewal of the Holy Spirit. It is not your strength or by your discipline or by your power that you are changed, but it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that you are changed. And letter E, ultimately 
and the most important, through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, I am saved. And what does the scripture tell us in, in Titus 3? Pour out generously, justified by grace, to be heirs so that you can have eternity with God in heaven forever. So again, A, his kindness. B, his love. C, his mercy. D, through the Holy Spirit. E, through Jesus Christ. Therefore, through the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I'm going to say it again, through the birth, through the life, through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have access to these priceless blessings, eternity with God that you cannot buy with all the money in this world. It is a free gift that has been given to us. Now, as Christians, as we're here today, because you are the most blessed individual here, because you have a relationship with God, because when this life ends, we have eternity with heaven, with God forever. That is the greatest blessing. But as a Christian, is that the end goal? Is that the end game? Right? Like Thanos, he ends it, he goes, and he becomes a farmer. Is that the end? No, that's not the end. Are we like that prisoner that was on the right side of Jesus? And right before he, his death, his final breath, he acknowledges Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And then Jesus says, I will remember you. I will remember you. And is that it, that we take our final breath and that is it? We have Christ. We accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And does our life end there? It does not end there. If you are here today and you have a relationship with God, your work goes on. It doesn't end. Just because you went to missions last year, it is not finished. Just take a look. Going back to 1 Chronicles 28.20, you don't have to go there. But just as a reminder, scripture that I, that I spoke about earlier. But it says in 1 Chronicles 28.20, David also said to Solomon, his son, what does he say? Be strong and courageous, right? He's encouraging him to finish the temple. King David was the one to finish the temple. He wanted to finish the temple, but God said, nope. Not you, but your son Solomon will finish the temple. And he tells him, be strong and courageous to his son. To Solomon, be strong and courageous. And what does he say? Do the work. Work. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until what? All the work for the service of the Lord of the temple of the Lord is finished. What is my point? As Christians, we are called to do the good work that Christ called us to do. Everybody's different. Sometimes people, in their final breath, uh, when I was doing the chaplaincy in the hospital, there are people literally taking their final breath and then they come and they were asking for a pastor or a priest or someone to come and to read a psalm and to pray with them. Sometimes that's when we come and we accept Jesus Christ. But if you are young and healthy and you have a relationship with God, your work does not end here. Just because you went missions last year or you've been going to missions for the last three years, it doesn't end here. And again, I'm not, I'm not talking about missions only. 
I'm talking about you as an individual, you having a warrior spirit as a Christian. We are not called to lay down and stay defeated, but we are called to fight every single day and to do the work that God has called us to do. So what is my point? This is crucial work. If you're alive and you are saved, you are called to work because the rent is due every day. I'm not saying, I'm not talking about earning your salvation. You are always saved. But through the overflow of the relationship that you have with the Father, we are called to do the good work that Christ has called us to do. Ultimately, to do comes from being. It is who you are. You don't attain your salvation by work, but who you are. It comes from the overflow of your heart, your mind, and therefore your action. And your mouth speaks. So leading to point number two, now go work. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, go work? We must now devote ourselves to doing what is good. Again, not because I have to, but simply it's because it is the overflow of the heart, the relationship from a transformed heart. And how do you have a transformed heart? Christ, Holy Spirit, God has given us a new heart, no longer a heart of stone like rock where you feel nothing, but your heart is softened like skin and you feel the heart. You feel the, every beat, every beat counts because every beat leads to us taking our final breath here on earth. You are closer today than you were last week, closer to our eternity with God. We are drawing near to our death. Every minute, every second that passes, our life draws near. Let us not grow more arrogant as we become older, but more humble. And during the time and the life that we have, the breath that you have right now in your young age, do not waste it in your careers. Do not waste it in your own dreams, in what you want to accomplish for yourself, for they are all fleeting and fading. Those are not eternal things, eternal blessings. The eternal blessing is you seeking God today, having a relationship with God today. Not who you were at the retreat years ago. Not who you were at the, at the mission field that you did in Thailand, in Philippines, in the Philippines, or in these locations, in these remote places. But are you working today? Are you seeking? Are you investing your life in the eternity, thing, eternity things of God, internal things of God? Or are we lost in the temporary things of this world? Let's take a look at verse 8. In Titus 3, Paul tells us this is a trustworthy saying. And if it says that, we must trust it because it's in the scripture. Trustworthy. What does he say? He says it again. I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful. What? To devote themselves to what? to doing what is 
Good. You must devote your life, your whole life, starting here on today, to do what is good. There's no other option. You are called now to devote your life to do what is good. Here is a trustworthy saying. And he says, I want you to stress these things. You're going to stress over something? Don't stress over your career. Don't stress over your job or your school. Stress about these things, about doing the good work that God has called you to do. And it says, these are excellent and profitable for everyone, every human being, every culture, every creed, every color. No matter what age, any gender, doesn't matter. It is good and excellent for everyone. And I'm almost closing here. I would like to now transition to Ephesians chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2 here, it's really the parallel between these two passages. Titus chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 2. It's amazing. Again, it's by the same author. So you'll see the similar language and similar heart and passion in his writing. Paul, he says here in Ephesians chapter 2, starting from verse 1. I'm going all the way to verse 10. A lot of people memorize Ephesians chapter 2, 8, 9. Where it is by grace you have been saved, right? Not by works. And everyone likes to memorize that part alone. But let's go ahead and read it from the beginning, from verse 1 all the way through verse 10. Keeping in mind Titus chapter 3. Okay, let's go ahead. It says in verse 1, As for you... You are dead in your transgressions and sins. That sounds awfully familiar to Titus 3. In which you used to live when you follow the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. It's talking about Satan. All of us also lived among them at one time. Gratifying the cravings of our flesh, and following its desires and thoughts. Yes, we did, all of us. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But verse 4 is where it changes. It starts shifting, transitioning. A transitional word. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. What does it say in verse 10? Let's read it all together as a church. Ready? One, two, three. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. Again. Through the birth, through the life, through the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
we have access to the greatest gift of all, grace, mercy, and eternity with God forever. But it doesn't end there, guys. Our work is not done here on earth. Christmas is a reminder. It's a stepping stone. Just remember the life of Jesus, what he did. Jesus did not treat himself like king, walking around, ordering everyone to do this, pointing fingers. Look at the life that Jesus lived. Look at the life of all of his disciples, everyone around them, even his own mother, Mary. If we talked about Joseph, even last week, we talked about how hard they had to work. And they worked for good, for the kingdom of God. Let us not forget on this day when we have the day of off. And we're here, yes, it's good, it's good to rest. But again, don't forget the main goal is for us to do the work that God has called us to do. Again, do it smart. Don't burn yourself out by constantly working, 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 doing things in a foolish way, and then eventually you burn out. You take a break for months, you don't come to church, and then you go back, you come back when you think you are, and then you're always doing this roller coaster up and down, up and down. Every week it's different. Some weeks I raise up my hand and worship. Some weeks I don't. Everything is based on feelings. But everything is part of it. Lifting up our hands and worship. Praying during the week. Reading the scripture during the week. Having our heart, being aligned with God's heart every single day. That's all part of doing the work that God has called us to do. Because if you don't have a relationship with God, if you're not putting these spiritual disciplines at hand right now, if you're not doing these things, you're serving from emptiness. And we all eventually will run empty. Christmas is a great reminder for us, especially with the new year, as it transitions to the new year. Don't just start off strong, but remain strong and finish strong. I believe you can do all those things. If you're going to fall, fall, but get right back up and do it again and again and again and again until you're not able, until we take our final breath or until the Lord takes us away. It is the greatest gift of all to be able to, the privilege to serve on missions, to serve on the praise team, to do little things like candle, serving little things, picking out garbage. Every little thing counts. God sees every detail of our lives. Let our actions glorify him, point to Christ, and let us, like the Magi's, see the star and know who we are serving and why we are here today. We're here to worship him and to serve him only. Again, through the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And when we, in humility, repent and turn to him and seek his face, he will draw near to us and he will save us. Amen. That is the meaning of Christmas. Light in the dark place. His light shines and darkness has not overcome it. That is why we are here today. With that, can we all just bow our heads with our eyes closed? And I'm going to invite the praise team to come up at this time.
As we're here on this Christmas day, can we all just stand to our feet? And can we just sing the chorus of Emmanuel together? And then we're going to transition and lead it to I stand, I stand in all of you. We're going to praise the name of our God, God incarnate, Jesus Christ being born in the flesh. The greatest act of humility. There is no other greater act of humility than this act of God becoming man, being born as an infant, to be born here today, here to dwell. He's not here to leave, but He is here. Relationships come and go, people come and leave our lives, but He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Can we sing together? Emmanuel, Emmanuel. before God. Let's not think about the technical part or the distractions. Can we just come with a pure heart before God and worship Him? Let's go ahead and let's lead the team. Let's all do it together as unison. And let's sing again. I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God to whom all praises do. I stand in awe of you. Let's come and worship Him together and worship with a true and a genuine heart. Can we sing together?
church we stand we stand before your presence in awe before your presence oh God you are a holy God and all praise goes and glorifies your name O Lord in whom all praise is due Lord we stand in awe of you God incarnate you are here to dwell you are here today and you are here forever Thank you for this salvation and for this life that we have that is found in Christ. So God, we come today with joyful hearts. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for rescuing us. We were once lost. We were lost in darkness. But Lord, we have found the light and you are that light. And darkness will now overcome that light. You are here to stay. You are here with us today. We praise you. We give you thanks. We glorify your name together as a church. Your name be praised forever and forevermore. And God's people, all of us, we come together. We pray in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name. We pray. Amen. Amen. And amen.